As we get ready for our lesson today, uh, the scripture reading came from uh, John chapter 1. And it mentioned the word and the word becoming flesh. And that is a, a reference to Jesus. Jesus became flesh. And it brings up this, uh, this thought that, you know, there, I think every reasonable person in the world, whether or not they believe in Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, they'll recognize Jesus as being a man. He truly walked around. Evidence shows that there was a man named Jesus who walked around on this earth. And most people would even then concede so much as to say that he was, he wasn't just a man. He was a really, really good man. He's an inspirational man. And, you know, and so I think in that regard, everybody, a lot of people at least can say that they'll look to Jesus and and respect him and they want to honor him or, but he was, they'll end up saying that Jesus was just a man, right? And it's this this thought that Jesus, he came around and walked around on this earth. He was flesh and blood. That's all he was. He was flesh and blood. And he died as a man. And that's who he was. Jesus was a good man. And Jesus, we would concede to this in some regard. We would say, yeah, that's true. Jesus was a good man who inspires us to do our best. And even people don't believe he was God would say, you know, that he inspires them, and that's good. But does the Bible claim uh, that he is anything more than that? And so we're going to examine that. Jesus was just a man, right? Was he or wasn't he? Let's look at the scripture and find out. So number one, Jesus was a man. This is this is our first point, and this is uh, this is vital and, and uh, good information and accurate information. Jesus was a man; he was flesh and blood, just like we are. So, number one, to, to prove some points for this, I've just got four simple little points to to bear this out, um, and not going into anything historical to kind of prove that he really did exist. We're just assuming that. Number one, Jesus had ancestors. This is true of anybody. If you are alive, that means there is somebody who came before you to bring in you into existence. Jesus had ancestors. Matthew chapter one, verse number one, it says the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So Jesus had ancestors. He descended from somebody, from some people. And we can we can all trace our roots um, back to, well, we, we can't all, you know, some of us get the uh, DNA test and we do the genealogy and we try and trace everything back. Well, even if you can't trace everything and know historically everybody that's in your ancestry, we can all say who are Bible-believing people that, well, we all descended from Adam, and really we all descended from from Noah and Mrs. Noah, because we all all came from all came from them. So we can trace back. We've got a, ancestors. We have a genealogy, and Jesus had one also. He was a man. Jesus. Uh, point number two. Jesus was born of woman, and uh, that might sound like a funny way to say it, but I'm referencing something uh, specifically that I'll get to in a second. But in Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. 
when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. It talks about his mother Mary. So Jesus was born of a woman. We know in that um we know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We have the manger scene in our mind when Jesus was born. He was flesh and blood was born from a woman, born of a woman. All right. Number three, that takes us to the the next thing, because I'm thinking of Job chapter 14, verse number one. This is a funny one to say that I learned when I was real young, but this is one of my first Bible verses. And Job 14, one in the King James version said, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. You ever heard that verse? And it's true for true for all of us is that, you know, we're all born of woman. You know, that defines us, man born of woman. Well, this is this is the human condition, man born of woman. It's all of us are a few days and full of trouble. Now, Job was in a particularly troublesome spot. So maybe that um, maybe that indicated a, a kind of informed his view of things. But it's true of all of us. Life is difficult, and we're really not here that long. When we get old and we uh, celebrate our birthdays, and we've got a birthday today. How wonderful is that? Birthday on this actual day. I don't always mention birthdays, but man, this is a special one. Jack turns um, some age today. I'm not sure what it is, but seems like it should be like 12 or 13, but Jack turns 11 today. So... um, we celebrate Jack's birthday. And all of us, you can think back to, you remember when you were a kid and you celebrated those birthdays? They were so much fun. Now, as we get older, those birthdays, they really don't seem that far away. And somehow we've grown old all of a sudden. And we realize, you know, that it is true. John Fort, or excuse me, Job 14.1, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. You know, it's, uh, it's life. Life is difficult. And it's over in a snap. Life is a vapor, James tells us. It's here today and then it's gone. We're just, it's just a blip. And so, and Jesus' life was even shorter than most of our lives. And we wouldn't, wouldn't we also consider this true that his, his life was a few days and full of trouble? Jesus, every, it seemed like in those three years of ministry, at least, that we know so much about, he was dealing with issues with people constantly. And then those people ended up taking his life. So Jesus was a man. He, he, had, he had a life, and it was a short life, shorter than it should have been, and it was full of trouble and ended with trouble. So man born of woman, and he was born of a woman, and his life was a few days and full of trouble. And, it, and that brings us to our next point, number four, Jesus bled and died. This is what happens to all men, right? Jesus bled and died. So John chapter um, 19, um, John chapter 19 is where we'll go next. And I want to read a little bit extra before the bleeding and dying part, uh, because it talks about his mother again. So it supports one of our other points. John chapter 19, verses 26. um, And we'll read down through 34. When Jesus then saw his mother, and this is Jesus on the cross, when he saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. 
After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. By the way, here's here's Jesus. He was a man. He had thirst. He had pain. He had every every physical thing that we've ever felt or needed. He had those same needs, those same feelings, those same urges. Verse 29, a jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine upon a branch of hyssop, brought it up to his mouth. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Then the Jews, so there's his death. Then the Jews, because it was the day of preparation, so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day. They asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. So here's the cause of his death, and I've heard different stories about this from the uh, from the experts that um, you know know these things. And either the the piercing of that um, of that spear either went into his lung, and his lung had filled with fluid and with blood. Um, or else it was um, a piercing all the way up to the heart, and it was a piercing of the the sac surrounding the heart, the pericardium, to release water and blood. And this is the this congestion, this this filling up with water and with blood is what caused his death and caused him to suffocate on that cross, so he could no longer breathe. So he was a man. He died. Flesh and blood, because Jesus was flesh and blood, he died the death of, like, as any man would die. His death was far from like any man, his experience, though, right? So Jesus was a man. He had ancestors. He was born of a woman. His life was a few days and full of trouble. And then at the end, he bled and he died. He was flesh and blood. You know, all the saying goes, all men bleed red. You know, that's, uh, he, he was a man just like us. So Jesus was a man, but Jesus is much more than a man. And here's the power of our lesson. And it's the power that, that I hope anybody who, who might be listening today who is considering, you know, who is Jesus? Is he just a man? Or is he more than a man? Because the the scripture seems to indicate he was much, much more than just any man. That's what we're looking at today. And I hope people, if you're out there and you're considering that question, you're weighing that question, today is the day to decide. Today is the, the evidence that I hope this, all the evidence you need to consider that Jesus truly was much more than just a man. Number one, Jesus existed before his ancestors. So let's go to, to John, uh, John chapter 8 and verses 57 and 58. 
John chapter 8, verses 57 and 58, it says, So the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? Now remember, Abraham was, we've already read his name today. That was one of the ancestors of Jesus. He was the son of David, the son of Abraham. You've already seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus existed before his ancestors. John chapter 1, Jesus is the word. He was there in the beginning with the Father, and he's actually the creator. He's, all things were made by him. Jesus is the, the part of God that helped create this entire world. We're all the result of the power of creation that comes through Jesus Christ. He was here before anything else existed. He has always been. He is, Jesus is the great I am. Before Abraham was born, I am. So Jesus is more than just a man because he has always existed. He existed before his ancestors. No other man can claim that. Number two, uh, and so you'll see that the um, the points down below, even though I have more points, they tend to fi- kind of flow with the points made above one through four about Jesus being a man. So something else that's different about Jesus in his life that makes him not just a man, he is so much more than a man. He existed before his ancestors. And, that, and also, number two, every important event in his life was foretold. Scripture foretold it. His his life, so many of the events were, it were, they were written down. This is what he is going to do. This is who he is going to be. So it's real simple to look at then at Matthew chapter one, where we were already at a few minutes ago. Look at chap, Matthew chapter one. We had the genealogy. We mentioned uh, verse number 18 about the birth of Jesus and his mother. Look at 122, verse 22. Uh, It says here, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And it's got a, it has information before that, but pay attention to those, those words to fulfill what was spoken. His, his life, what happened at his birth, what happened during his life was all written out beforehand. Chapter two, verse 15, same kind of words. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet out of Egypt. I called my son. Chapter two, verse 17. Uh, Then what had been spoken through Jeremiah, the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah. So it goes on another thing that was fulfilled about the life of Jesus. Chapter two, verse 23 Um, And came and lived in a city called Nazareth. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Chapter 3, verse 15. And Jesus answering said to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. So there is a a reference of fulfillment also. Chapter 4, verse 14. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. 
And you can keep reading on and on and find all the places. And Matthew is good about pointing out this happened to fulfill what was written. And then at the end of Luke, there is a a passage that I'd really like us to look at. The end of Luke chapter 24 and verse number 44. After Jesus had lived his life, after he had died and he was rose from the dead, he comes to his apostles. Verse 44, he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Jesus is not just any man. He is a man who had every important event in his life foretold in Scripture. Thousands of years earlier, hundreds and hundreds of years earlier. And you can check that out. You can go back, you read the Old Testament and read the New Testament, and you can see that every Scripture, every every prophecy about the Christ was fulfilled. So Jesus is much more than a man. Jesus existed before his ancestors, and Jesus had every important event in his life foretold by scriptures, by the law of Moses and the prophets. Number three, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So in Matthew chapter 118, this is the the verse that I use to say Jesus was born of a woman. Well, in that verse, I, I think I stopped Uh, reading a little bit early there. But if I read that full verse, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. So this is not just a man. This is a man who was born of a woman, but was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So God is the father. He doesn't have, he doesn't have, he, I'm sure he honored Joseph in his life for as long as Joseph was in his life. He honored him as his father um, and recognized him and treated him with great respect. But his father was God. And number four He lived a perfect life. Now, above, we noted that he was born of woman and his life was a few days and full of trouble. That's such a, you know, that just sounds terrible. I hope some of you were at that time were just like, hey, Jesus' life wasn't, uh, okay, I get what you're saying. He was full of trouble, but it was so much more than that. And yes, it was. This is the beautiful thing that as Christians, we look at Jesus And we look at all the trouble he experienced in life. We look at his horrible death and man, we see what God accomplished. It was so good. And everything that Jesus did, it was, it was done to accomplish what was right and what was good. He, there is no one else like him. No one else. He lived a perfect life. Second Corinthians five Verse number 21, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. He was perfect. He was without sin. He he did nothing wrong. And 
according to the standard that he placed, he had even thought nothing wrong. He was perfect. When he was abused and scorned by men, he looked at them with love and with mercy and forgiveness and just love, 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 calling upon them to be forgiven. What a perfect life. What a, what a joy to know him. What a, what a treat to be able to read about his life in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and to read and learn about everything about Christ and who he was when we read through uh, the letters that have been left to us. So much more than a man. Live that perfect life like none of us could. And he did die on that cross to save us from our sins. He became sin. And on that cross, he took our sins on that cross, that perfect sacrifice to help us, to save us. And he died. We don't doubt that he died. Flesh and blood that day died. But the spirit, it could not die. Death could not hold him. Death could not hold that, that, that stone, the earthquake came, the stone was rolled away. Jesus came forth fully alive and well, death couldn't hold him. I love the, the passage that is uh, before us with Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter two, verses 22 through 24. Here is Peter in the, the first gospel sermon. Peter says this, men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus, the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know, this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible, impossible for him to be held in its power. Death could not hold Jesus. And this is true of every man that the death death will hold us, but Jesus is the one who overcame it. And now through him, he's the only one that we have that possibility to, to claim any kind of victory over death, flesh and blood. It, it's not in, it's not in us. It's not in a normal man to overcome death, but only through Jesus. Death could not hold him. What a wonderful God we have to be able to look and say, we serve the one who rose from the dead and who can then bring to us life eternal. Because this point number six, and uh, I've worded this in such a way to reflect where we've been studying about shalom, wholeness and completeness. Jesus is the one. He brings eternal wholeness and completeness to those who believe and obey him. To those who will hear his words and follow those words, trust those words and act upon them, 
if we will believe in him, even today, we will be saved and we will receive eternal life and eternal wholeness. In spite of what's going on in this world, no matter who you are, no matter what has been done, no matter no matter how bad things have been, <clears throat> how bad they've been in your life, uh, Jesus has shown the victory over death. And he brings eternal, eternal, forever wholeness and completeness to you today if you will believe in him, trust in him, obey him completely, live by faith in him. Acts chapter 4, verse number uh, 12. Peter says, And there is salvation. There's deliverance and no one else. For there is no other name under heaven by which, which has been given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. So Jesus, yeah, he was, he was a man and he did bleed and die, but it's only, he is a different kind of man because he is the only one who can bring eternal life to us. He is the only one who can save us to deliver us from the darkness into the wonderful light of God. He's the only one who can fill our lives and make us whole. So it's your choice today. If you want to believe he's just a man, there's nobody that can make you change your mind. But Jesus, I pray that he will continue to work on you through his spirit to convince you that Jesus was more than a man. He is more than a man. And if he is more than a man, then what must you do? Because here's the easy way out. If you can convince yourself that he's just a man, then you don't have to obey him any more than anybody else. He has no authority over you, just as nobody else has any authority over you. You get to pick and choose who you're going to listen to or what you're going to do. But if you hear the word of God, and you understand that Jesus is much more than a man because he existed before his ancestors, that every important event in his life was foretold, and that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He's not just a man. He lived a perfect life, and death couldn't hold him, and he is the one who brings eternal wholeness and completeness to those who will believe and obey him. If, he, if that is who you are convinced Jesus is, that he is the very Son of God who can save you, then you must turn to him. You must obey him. Don't reject him. So I, I beg of you, please, turn to Jesus, our wonderful Savior, and love him forevermore and obey him and live with him for all eternity. If you need to act upon that call today, get a hold of me, find me later, whatever, but act. You must act. Don't treat the Savior, Jesus Christ, as just any other man. Turn to him today. We're going to encourage you with this song. Please respond as you need to.